Thank you for listening to the preaching ministry of Oxford Baptist Church. We pray you'll be blessed as you apply these truths to your life. Hello, everybody. Thank you all for having me and my wife, Lynn, here tonight. It's a privilege and an honor. Uh, we've known the Brown family for a long, long time, and all of them are special to us. Back when uh, Andy was coming through the youth group at Unity Baptist, he was always an inspiration to me because, I don't know, there was something about that young man that grabbed you, even when he was a young guy. And so when he called me and asked me to come, uh, I was just grateful. So thank you for having me here tonight. I really do thank you. Well, I understand you all had a great week. And tonight we're on silent Saturday. Uh, I'm a pretty old guy, but this is the first time I've ever participated in Silent Saturday. And I really like it. Uh, I've thought about those two words almost every day since Andy called me a few weeks ago. They just kept ringing and ringing and ringing in my head. And of course, as he said, this is the day that we remember when our Lord lay in the tomb. And I would imagine it probably was a pretty silent day that day. I have read our passage, Matthew 27, 57 through 66, several times. And until just a few days ago, I was stuck as to what I needed to say here tonight. But you know, I've learned something over the years, and that is uh, it can be helpful to have a spiritual wrestling match with the Lord sometimes, because what he does, he kind of stretches and exercises our mind and he makes us dig and I've had to do that but I pray and I, and I hope that what the Lord has revealed to me will be helpful to all of you as we go to his word together let me pray for a moment and we'll get into the word pray with me father lord I want to thank you for your word every single verse means so much to us but lord you tell us all about your son, Jesus. You give us all the information about his birth, about his earthly life, about his death, about his resurrection, about his ascension, and about him coming back one day to get, take us home and then coming back after that to rule and reign. You just tell us all about Jesus. Thank you for your word. And Father, as we focus for a few minutes here tonight on that Saturday so many years ago, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would do the preaching and the teaching. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, what I'd like to do is just read the passage through, and then we're going to go back and dig into it in a little more detail. Matthew 27, beginning in verse 57. It says, Now when evening had come, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. This man went to Pilate, and he asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be given to him. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock. And he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. And Mary Magdalene was there and the other Mary sitting opposite the tomb. On the next day, which followed the day of preparation, 
the chief priests and Pharisees gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember while he was still alive how that deceiver said, After three days I will rise. Therefore, command that the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say to the people, He has risen from the dead. So the last deception would be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard. Go your way. Make it as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting the guard. What I'd like to do now, folks, is go back and and read this passage again. But this time... Uh, We're going to put up there on the screen each of the characters involved as they appear. And we're going to take a look at their apparent attitude toward Jesus. Follow along with me, if you will. It says in verse 57, When evening had come, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. So the first person we see is Joseph of Arimathea. And from the story, it would seem that his attitude toward Jesus is unashamed loyalty. It said this man went to Pilate, and he asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be given to him. So the next character is Pilate the governor. His attitude would seem to be political and self-advancement, if you will. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his new tomb, which he had hewn out of the rock, and he rolled a large stone against the door of the tomb and departed. Here's our next character. It says, Mary Magdalene was there. She had grateful love for Jesus. And the other Mary sitting opposite the tomb. This Mary loved the Lord as well, and hers was a committed love. We'll see it in a moment. On the next day, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees gathered together to Pilate. So there's our next group of characters, the chief priests and Pharisees. Their attitude toward the Lord was hatred. And if you move down to the last verse, it said, When they had made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting the guard in place. There's the last character, the guard. He would appear to be neutral and just kind of going through the motions. So those are all the characters involved in the burial of Jesus. And you know, folks, what's probably true is that most every person in our country Most everybody around the world probably has one of those attitudes. In fact, I'm up there somewhere. So are you. We all fit somewhere. So let's take a a detailed look at each one of those characters for just a moment. Let's start with the chief priests and Pharisees. Uh, It's obvious they hated Jesus. Earlier in this chapter, it even says they mocked him while he was hanging on the cross. Let me read this to you, verse 41-42. 
It says, likewise, the chief priest also mocking with the scribes and elders said, this is while he's hanging on the cross, he saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he is the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. Think with me for just a second. How could anybody hate Jesus that much? He's got a crown of thorns rammed on his head. He's got blood running down. He's got nails in his hands, got nails in his feet. He's been beaten, unrecognizable. And they hated him enough as if that wasn't enough to still mock him. I can't imagine that much hatred for the Lord Jesus. But you know, today, a lot of people still mock our Lord. How do they do that? Well, some folks use His name in vain. Others have no respect for Him. Most people don't believe that He is the Son of God outside our Christian world, while others just totally ignore Him. And all of that is a form of mockery. And you know, the name Jesus, just that name Jesus, is the most unifying and the most divisive name there is all at the same time. Let me tell you what I mean by that. When you're around people, could be out to eat, or it could be in your home, could be a reunion, could be wherever. Just bring up the name Jesus. And you're going to find one of two reactions. You're going to find people who love to talk about Him with you, or you're going to find folks that said, change the subject. So at the very same time, He has that impact on people. And on the chief priests and Pharisees, they hated Him. We know that Christianity honors Him as God's Son and as the one and only way to heaven. While all other religions reject Him as God's Son, or they teach that He was just a prophet if they recognize Him at all. So, I want us to move, if you will, now to Mary Magdalene. Let's go look at her for a moment. Jesus had cast seven demons out of her. And she was filled not with just love, but grateful love. And well, she should have been. We ought to be grateful too, because Jesus has defeated the devil and his demons, and his time is limited. The book of Revelation tells us that the devil and his demons will all end up in the lake of fire. And they'll suffer there forever. How foolish to serve the devil. He is a loser. Amen? Now, Mary Magdalene never got over what Jesus did for her. Neither should we. I hope I haven't gotten over what He did for me. He died for my sins. And He died for your sins. And He died for the sins of the whole world. So you know what? The way we live our lives every day ought to reflect our gratitude to Him. Our lives should be a long thank you, if you will. No matter how long or how few years we may live, every day should be a thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I don't say that enough, do you? 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Say it with me, would you? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done. Thank you. Mary Magdalene was overflowing with grateful, grateful, grateful love. Much deserved on silent Saturday. What about the other Mary? Let's think about her for just a moment. She loved the Lord Jesus as well. And she and Mary Magdalene stayed with Him when all of the disciples ran away. You've probably read that. All of the male disciples ran away. Now, I don't criticize them. I might have done the same thing. They were scared. They were shocked at what had happened to Jesus. But these two women stayed with Him. And this Mary was committed. Her love was a committed love. May I say to you that Christian women are so important. Christian wives, Christian mothers, Christian pastor's wives, Christian church members. Where would the church be without all of the women who love the Lord Jesus Christ and serve His church in so many ways? Where would the church be? I want to tell you something. My wife, Lynn, took our two sons to church every Sunday for years while this old boy stayed home asleep in the bed. And until I got saved at the age of 30, she was faithful to take them to church. What a wonderful pastor's wife she has been. Andy, where would this church be without the Christian women who worship and serve here. Any church. God bless you Christian women for your faithfulness and all that you do, like this other Mary that we're reading about. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary hung in there and stayed with Jesus on Silent Saturday. God bless you ladies. Well, let's move on to Pilate. Now, from what I see about the life of Pilate as governor is that his attitude was political, all right? He wanted to keep the people, those that he governed, happy. And earlier in this chapter, it looked like he sort of tried to prevent the crucifixion of Jesus. He didn't try very hard, but he did object briefly. But when he failed, the Bible says he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. And then he said, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. You know what he did? He rode the fence. I know all politicians don't do that. I don't put them under one umbrella. I don't mean to do that. But I know Pilate did. So many politicians do. And I've been a pastor for a long time. Sad to say that even in the church, there are some folks who are just trying to influence other people and in some cases, protect their careers. May church politicians repent. Amen? We don't need anybody in the church being a politician. But old Pilate was on silent Saturday. 
Let's look at the guard for a moment. The guard seemed to be simply doing his job. He was just obeying orders. He was just kind of going through the motions. Just kind of doing what he'd been told to do. Now don't look around, but how many husbands and wives are in church, not just this one, just because their spouse said, you're going to be. You're going to be in church. And they go along with that husband, or they go along with that wife, and they are just going through the motions. I've seen it. And i got to tell you, sadly, sometimes it comes to an end by one spouse dropping out, or I've even seen it cause divorce because one is committed to the Lord in His church and one is not. So, please, don't be guilty of just going through the motions like this guard. Have a sincere heart before the Lord. I'm sure that you probably do. You wouldn't even be here on Saturday night. Love the Lord. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. He's so much more deserving of just going through the motions. Amen? My goodness. He didn't just go through the emotions or the motions for us. He hung on a cross. I mentioned that a moment ago, but you know one of the things that sticks out to me is not the crown of thorns. It's not even the nails. The Bible says he was beaten unrecognizable as a man. Can you imagine loving us enough to take a beating like that? And he's God. He could have wiped them out with the snap of his finger. But he didn't do it because of us. Beaten unrecognizable. How dare I just go through the motions? God, take me out of the pulpit whenever that starts. Amen? Don't need to be up here. What about Sunday school teachers? Just as important as the pastor. What about deacons? Big job just like the pastor. What about the choir? God bless them. Nobody should be guilty of going through the motions. We serve a living God who loves us. Help us never be like that guard just because somebody said you're going to be in church. Want to be in church. One more character, and we're going to stay on him for a minute or two. Joseph of Arimathea. He had unashamed loyalty. I want to say that again. Not just loyalty. Unashamed loyalty. You know what he did? He was a rich man. He came out in front of everybody, including the governor, and he risked everything Everything, his business, his money, his prestige, his position, he risked it all to claim and bury the body of Jesus because he was unashamedly loyal to the Lord. You know what the bottom line is? He was willing to stand alone. Alone. Oh, folks, listen to me for just a second. As we move deeper and deeper and deeper into the last days, the Bible talks about the latter days and the last days. I think we're in the last days. 
we were talking on the way up here. Nothing surprises me anymore, and I hate to say that. In the days that lie ahead, true, unashamedly loyal Christians, I want to tell you something, we're going to find ourselves standing alone. Please, it may be at your office. It may be on your job. It may be on that ball team. It might, listen, it might even be in your own family. I'm going to tell you something that I know. As the deadly sins of homosexuality, same-sex marriage, and transgenderism grow and become more and more accepted, even though the Bible says that those who practice those sins will go to hell. I didn't say that, okay? It doesn't matter what I say, amen? It matters what the Bible says. So in the days that lie ahead, if you take a stand on that particular sin, you're going to find yourself standing alone, ma'am. Those who speak up. But I'm going to give you an example here in a moment that says we've got to speak up. We are in trouble. Our country is morally bankrupt. Please listen to one verse from the book of Psalms, chapter 9, verse 17. The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. America has indeed forgotten God as a nation. Matter of fact, folks, we've almost become godless. Do you know that 50 years ago when I was going to school, elementary, high school, do you know that we had devotions in the classroom? You know what's happening in school today? Down where we live, there's a boy in elementary school who dresses as a girl, and he was honored as student of the month. And his parents approve of what he's doing. In fact, they put it on Facebook. Now, you know what's happening? Those elementary students in his classroom will eventually think that is normal and accepted behavior. And the Bible says it's abnormal and unacceptable. If you believe the Bible, amen? Now, you can go the media route. And forgive me for getting off on this a little bit, but it's just got my crawl, okay? And I look at this Joseph of Arimathea and I say, wait a minute, he was willing to risk his business. I can risk my ministry to stand up for the Bible. Amen? You're going to be challenged with it because it's legal. It's lawful. God says it's unlawful. That's how Satan works. He deceives people. He's deceiving those fifth and sixth graders. God help us. God help us. So may I encourage you, don't be silent on Saturday or any other day. Amen? Speak up. Speak up. You say, I'm the only one. Fantastic. That's even better. Speak up. Even if you have to do so alone. 
You know who's there with you? God, the Holy Spirit. You're never alone. And we got to do it while we have a life here on this earth, but may I remind us all that we'll be glad that we did it here, but we'll be especially glad when we get to heaven. You know why? The Bible says that when you die, we're going to stand before the Lord and give an account of our lives. Think about that. We won't be at the great white throne judgment where sinners will be judged for their sin. We'll be at the judgment seat of Christ and we will give an account. It's like standing up and giving a report in school. We're going to give our master a report. So, I, I, you know, I don't want to make a D minus. I want an A plus. Amen? So I'm going to give an account of every sermon I've ever preached. You will too, Brother Andy. Sunday school teachers, you'll give an account of every lesson you've ever taught. All of us will give an account of how we lived our lives out there among people. So I just want to encourage you, stand alone if you have to. Have unashamed loyalty to the one who was beaten unrecognizable for you. Don't be ashamed of him. Be ashamed of all the immorality that's going on. I personally don't think there's any hope for America. I think we're sliding down the slope of the last days and we're bound for hell as a nation. I know God can do anything He wants to do. He don't need me. But I think we've gone way too far. Psalm 91.7, the nation that forgets God shall be turned into hell. Our public schools are being turned into hell. Sad. Sad. I'm not trying to be critical of anybody. Remember, I'm nobody's judge. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. So when you have the opportunity, speak up. Not just on that subject, any other subject, whatever it may be. You know what? When you get home and look in the mirror, you'll be glad you did. You say, well, I was criticized. So was Jesus. Well, I was persecuted. So was Jesus. Well, I was rejected. So was Jesus. God bless you, Christians. We need you. We need you. Silent Saturday had all of those characters. Here in Oxford, Georgia, first time I've ever been here. We probably got people in Oxford that fit in every category. I know we do in Noonan. Anytime we stop in, we'd find people fit in every one of those. I don't know where you are. That's between you and the good Lord. I think I know where I am. I hope I know where I am. We're going to be put to the test in the days that lie ahead, folks. In the most severe way that any of us could ever imagine. It's coming. The question is, are we going to stand up like Joseph of Arimathea? I want to share a very clear warning with you from Jesus in closing. It's Mark chapter 8 and verse 38. Mark chapter 8, verse 38. We're talking about being unashamedly loyal. Here's what Jesus said. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, that would be this Bible, in this adulterous and sinful generation, listen now please, of him, the Son of Man, Jesus, 
will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. We can't say we haven't been warned. Amen? He said, if you're ashamed of me. And you know what I thought about? If Jesus said that was a adulterous and sinful generation, what would he say about the one we're living in? You know, other than being sent to hell, which is not going to happen for me, amen? Going to happen for you? No, you know Jesus, amen? Other than that, the worst thing I can think of is Jesus being ashamed of me. That just would hurt your heart. God bless you, Oxford Baptist Church. God bless you, Pastor Andy, his family. God bless your deacons. God bless your Sunday school teachers. God bless every single member, every single visitor that ever walks through those doors. God bless you for this week that you've had to honor Jesus. Great anticipation because tomorrow won't be silent. Amen? Silent Saturday. Thank you for having me here. It's been my privilege and my joy. We've heard what good people are here. These folks know you love them. We've heard it from David and Linda. Good people here at Oxford Baptist. God bless you. God bless you. Be a shining light for Jesus in Oxford for as long as He allows you to be here. Be unashamedly loyal to Him. Amen? God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. So the question that we have before us tonight that Brother Danny eloquently asked us is which one are we going to be? See, the world thinks that this day is the day that lasted forever. The world that we live in, they think that this day, Silent Saturday, was the day that the world always knew when Jesus stayed in the grave. How many of these characters do you know? Those who are unashamedly devoted to Jesus. On the other end of the spectrum, those who hate Jesus. Maybe you're here tonight and you've been journeying with us all this week and you realize at the end of tonight, you realize that maybe you're on the fence like old Pilate was. Not as devoted to Jesus as you should be. Not as devoted to Jesus as he has given you the opportunity to be by giving his own life for you. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. And however the Lord leads you, this is the conclusion of our week tonight. God's been working on you tonight through Brother Danny's message. God's been working on you all week. We'd love to hear about it at Oxford Baptist Church. God may need to deal with you personally. It may be just a time for you to come and get right with the Lord down here. Whatever decision you need to make tonight, the invitation is open for you. We pray God will use this message for His glory in your life. If you would like more information, please feel free to contact us at info at OxfordBaptistChurch.com. Oxford Baptist Church is located in Oxford, Georgia. If you're close, we'd love to meet you.